Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're in the house. I'm back in the Queen City, baby. Ooh, welcome back. Cheers. It's, it's good to be here. We're at Resident Culture in South End. Oh, baby. I'm feeling the culture. It's a great vibe here. This is a place that has a lot of love in Charlotte FC lore because the captain, Team Dad, came down here and launched his own beer here through the Resident Culture Brewery. No fooks given. And... Uh, that's what we're drinking, of course. We're, we don't give a fooks, baby. That's right, and it's the no fooks given episode. Yeah, because we got a lot to talk about, and there's a bit of a bad vibe, an angry taste left in our mouth. If you take where I was when we recorded our last episode, when you were at the Denver International Airport, and it was right after the, the DC thrashing that we put on them, and you take where I am when I woke up this morning after giving away three points to Chicago, it's a roller coaster, baby. I'm on my way back up. The beer is bringing me back up. Seeing you back in town is bringing me back up. Life is good. We're okay. Everyone's healthy. But I'm not happy because our playoff hopes are not healthy. You can follow us on Twitter at For the Crown Baby. Do that. And we're going to get to your questions. Our tremendous friends of the show. Thank you so much for dropping our questions. We're going to get to them later in the episode today. You can follow Danny Brams. Please do. At Danny Brams on Twitter. You can follow me, John Hayes, on air as well. Danny Brams mentioned the playoff dream. It's on life support. Is it the most disappointing loss in club history? I'm going to make the case later in the show why I think it is. Yeah, I, I couldn't argue against that case. So. There, there's only one loss that I think is worse, and I'm not sure you know exactly which one it is. I'm going to ask you to guess. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to be thinking about that now. I'm going to ask you to guess. Uh, three goals at home. And I, and I double-checked this. It was the first time in club history that Charlotte FC gave up three goals at home. And quite frankly, and I texted you this after the match, I said, Charlotte FC could have given up three goals in the first 30 minutes right. yeah. of this match. There was a stretch where Chicago was making me very nervous. Our defense was making me more nervous, I should say, frame it that way. And we surrendered two in that same stretch. We could have given up three. And, you know, we got the goal. The goal before, Carroll's goal before halftime shifted everything and it was like game on we're back at halftime 2-2 let's go and then you know the third goal early second half we haven't had to talk about it a lot this season Danny Brams and that is a significant injury and a mm. possible season and lineup changing injury to the squad Guzman Carujo mm. a knee injury he was taken off the field and after the match Interim manager Christian Latanzio, he didn't have good news for the fans, City Danny Rams. His, his quote was, I spoke to the medical team, and it doesn't look good. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not what you want to hear. I, we should be getting some more updates, hopefully, by Monday or Tuesday of this week. But I'm not, I almost don't want the update, John. I almost do not want the update. I, I would prefer to live in a world where Guzman Carujo is not injured and out for the season. And I feel like I'm going to be living in that world very soon, unfortunately. Just hearing you say that out loud, it makes me cringe. I don't like it. I, I I don't want to hear that. But I'm not saying it's trending in that direction. But Christian Latanzio really made us feel like it is. And we, we're also going to talk about other post-game reaction besides the manager. Mm -hmm. Ben Bender spoke after the match. Mackenzie Gaines spoke after the match. Shinya Shiki spoke after the match. And uh, you know the old Sesame Street game? One of these things is not like the others. One of these things does not belong. Yeah, <laughs> amongst those three players, we got two people that were kind of parroting a little bit of a company line. 
and one guy that wasn't afraid to speak what I think is the truth. So yeah, we'll talk about that. So the first thing we're going to do is give you our personal experiences. We always do because it's fun to, to build this community and figure out how everybody watches the match. You heard from me in, at, at the Denver International Airport on, uh, what was it, Wednesday late? Actually, yeah. Thursday morning. You probably heard it on Thursday morning. We recorded it on Wednesday night, yeah. I watched the match in Margate City, New Jersey on Saturday night. Danny Brams was at the keep. It's all about family in this life. And last night was the first night that I was able to bring my uh, 12-year-old daughter to the game. She's awesome young lady. I could not be prouder of everything she's doing in life. But she hates sports. <laughs> she does not like sports. And she hates crowds even worse than that. So she doesn't like sports. She doesn't like crowds. But she knows that I love Charlotte FC. She wanted to get a little bit more of a picture of what her dad's you know, likes and hobbies and loves are about. So I, I talked her into coming to the game with me. I, she said, are you going to tailgate? Are you going to get wasted, Dad? You know, <laughs> you know? And I was like, no, no, honey. You know, I'll, I'll keep it a little more low-key. I had a few Queens crushers, but I did not... I did not go the full-on Danny Brams mode. Well, I didn't give you any peer pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You didn't, you didn't have to worry about me. Right. With you and Rachel out of town, <laughs> I, I snuck uh, I snuck Roma in there for a uh, relatively sober experience at the keep. So, and the coolest thing, though, I gotta say, shout out to Hitch. I gotta say, shout out to JT from Fan TV. I gotta say, shout out to Alex Ventura. Uh, I'm probably missing some people. Our boy Cliff was there. And the coolest thing, Volak and his wife Jenny were there. There's all the TFOs in the house. And the coolest thing was having my daughter there and having people that, sh that come up to me and go, Danny Brams, what's up? And like making me feel, you know, celebrity is a huge, huge stretch, <laughs> but making me feel like I was someone who was known in front of my young daughter, that was really cool. And, you know, she, she hates sports, she hates crowds, and she's 12 years old, so in a few years she's going to hate me. <laughs> but for now, for now, it was cool to uh, to get some love on that angle, for sure. You accumulated some serious dad points. Hopefully, hopefully. A Saturday night at the Keep. But Charlotte FC did not accumulate any points <laughs> at the Keep on Ooh. Saturday night. Ugh, and I, I, I want to go back, Danny Brams. I want to go back to our episode at Legion Brewing. It was ahead. I think it was a... A Thursday, lunchtime. One of my favorite episodes of all time. Yeah, we had a great course, time. Yeah. We were looking ahead to Drinking this. Drinking Pilsners. Yes, to this this three-game homestand. And we said, how many points should we get? And I said, I want seven. And you were like, nine. Nine. And <laughs> about. I was like Herman Cain, baby. Nine, <laughs> nine, nine, for sure. We, we have three. We didn't get nine. We didn't even get close to nine. We got three. One game was suspended. We had a chance to go get points uh, later in October 5th. That's going to be a huge matchup, potentially, hopefully now at this point. I, at one point, I thought that was going to be a play-in match. Now, I'm not so sure. Or a meaningless 75-minute <laughs> soccer match. Right. Where, yeah. If if we're eliminated from the playoffs, God forbid, by the time October 5th rolls around, we have the make-up with Columbus, I hope they roll out just one of the teams from uh, the supporters group game that happened the other day <laughs> instead of sending our players out there. Just, just put Lee and Top Ben and uh, sports addict out there on the throw-ins and just, you know, let them do their thing. Why not? I, I mean, I, I don't even want to think that far ahead because there, there's, there's so much happening with this club right now. And it's no Fooks given, baby. It is, it's a no Fooks given episode. And what that means is, is quite simply this. That we're going to address what we believe is the biggest issue with Charlotte FC right now. 
because there's a lot of consternation. People are playing the blame game. The blame game is everywhere. Scapegoats, scapegoats take take cover because you're under attack right now. And I, there's multiple. People were pointing fingers at games. People were pointing fingers at the defense. People were pointing fingers at Carol freaking Svedersky somehow. And even just be still my heart, John. I never thought I'd see the day <laughs> when I was told last night on Twitter that Brant Bronico would not start for any other MLS team in the league. I was shocked to hear the take. It floored me. I had to immediately fire back. I I deleted several of my response tweets, then finally found one that had a little bit more of a civil tone. And yeah, like you can't question Bronico, but fingers are being pointed everywhere. And Maybe last night wasn't his best game, but I'm certainly not going to blame him for the debacle that happened. And I can't blame Carroll. I may have been, you know, a few of my fingers may have been uh, drifting in the direction of McKenzie Gaines. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, I would love to hear your take on that, to be honest. I would love to see the TV perspective of what Gaines was able to do because I likened it to this. I, I said this in the stands when I was in, you know, the Min Street End talking to some fellow supporters. I said, look, McKenzie Gaines right now is... If you want to make the NFL comparison, this is a guy who's open, a wide receiver who's open on every single play and drops every single pass that's thrown to him. It's just brutal. It's like, you gotta finish, man. Like, it's, uh, I'm not sure that he belongs in the starting lineup right now. As much as I love to see him run out there and beat everybody to the ball, it feels like it'd be better suited to a substitute role. We talk about player ratings after the match a lot, courtesy of our friends at SofaScore at the SofaScore app. If you don't have SofaScore, make sure you download SofaScore because it's a great way to follow. And they're uh, not paying us to say that. They're we're not. Just, we're just believers, yeah. But if they want to pay us to say that, <laughs> I'm happy to do that because it's a great product. And the highest rated player on the pitch for Charlotte FC on Saturday night, Carol Svidersky with a 7.5 rating, and he absolutely deserved that. The lowest. I'd have given him an 8. The lowest-rated player on Charlotte FC in the starting lineup was Oren McKenzie Gaines, the second, at a 5.5 rating. That is really low. OMG, baby. I mean, if you send countless, innumerable number of crosses straight into the defender, that's what's going to happen, unfortunately. The thing about Gaines is it's not necessarily his fault. I agree with him being the lowest-rated. I won't say it's his fault because we lost the match because we gave up three goals for the first time ever. That's why we lost. But a massive theme of last night's loss was unfinished chances. And unfortunately, we gave up three goals, and yet we – I don't know the exact numbers. Maybe Sofa will tell us. We dominated possession. We had, I think it was at least 60-40 in possession off the top of my head, I would have to say. And – yeah, it's exactly 60-40. Exactly. <laughs> On the number, well I got done. it. Yeah. yeah. And and the thing of it is, is like Chicago, they had that 20, 30-minute stretch in the first half where they did get – they dominated for that stretch, and they got two goals and they should maybe should have got three out of it, and that's unfortunate. But in the second half, we were the aggressors. The team did everything you want to see them do, except one time got beat off a bad counterattack, and unfortunately Kalina couldn't stop it, and – uh, and unfortunately, really unfortunately, Mr. Uh, namesake of the beer I'm drinking right now, Mr. No Fuchs Given, got beat badly on the third goal. Looked, looked like a rookie out there. And this is a veteran that we count on to at least always make the smart play, if he, even if he can't make the athletic play. And he made a bad play, unfortunately. And Team Dad, 
you know, no big piece of chicken for you tonight, man. You, 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 you didn't do it, unfortunately. I, he was forced into a center back role after the Carujo injury when he would be probably preferring to play left back. He just got beat. He just continued to get beat. And we know, we we know, you and I both know from the people that have been giving us feedback in the last 24 hours or 12, 16 hours or whatever, people are pointing fingers at Fuchs. You mean we've been on social media talking to people, <laughs> talking to fans about the match? Oh, that's one of the best things is like, as painful as it was to continue the conversation and like, to give people that outlet. Like I was tweeting from my personal account. I was tweeting back from the show account. It's like, I was trying to like, should I do this from the show account? Should I do this from my account? I, I didn't ever, never wanted to like speak for you on certain things, but like, it was great to get the conversation going. And like, it's nice to be that place, that go-to place on social media where we know fans can come to us to like, continue the conversation because I don't see it happening anywhere else in the sphere. Yeah, because we're not mint boys. We're, <laughs> we're, we're not people that after a loss will just completely go dark and act like it never even happened. We're here yeah, to have it. the discussion because that's how much we love this club. Because if this club is undefeated or this club loses every single match, we're going to be here talking about it yep. on the Charlotte Soccer Show. And by the way, something that we uh, buried uh, almost 15 minutes, more than 15 minutes into this podcast today is that Jordi Reyna scored a goal in the first minute of this match. Right, right. For the second match in four games, right? Jordi Reyna is now, I can, I saw this, MLS tweeted this earlier, or actually Charlotte tweeted it, but uh, it was from MLS. Jordi is the first ever player in the history of the league to score two goals in the first minute of a match. He did it against Miami. He did it against Chicago. He's had a hell of a month, and it's it's a damn fucking you, shame. It's a it, damn fucking shame that we have not gotten points out of these amazing Jordi Reyna performances. I'm pissed. Uh, you took my energy from me, because I, I was going to say it means jack shit. Yeah. And when you give yourself a lead that early in the match, and I think there's something about energy here, and I told you this. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I, After the match, I, I was trying to, through our communication channels tell you that I think that this loss is more mental than it was physical. Mm, because, that hurts. Because when you get that 1-0 lead, this is the second match where we get that 1-0 lead early, and it just feels lackadaisical. Mm -hmm. It feels like, oh, we're better than our opponent. Oh, mm -hmm. we're just going to run this opponent over. And then in the last 20 minutes, you realize, oh, shit. We got to score again. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was because, and that's how you always know, Danny Brams, when, it, when a game is more ment mental than it is physical, who is dominating in the last 20 minutes? In the last 20 minutes of this match for Charlotte FC, it was electric. Mm -hmm. They were on the ball. They were mm -hmm. creating opportunities. The only thing that didn't happen was that Charlotte FC didn't put the ball in the back I of the know. net. Alcivar, baby, pass that ball, please. Uh <laughs> We had the opportunities, man. We, we, we poured it on in the last 15, 20 minutes of the match. Every player that uh, commented after the game made, made notice of that. They said, if we had just played the whole match like we played the last 30 minutes, we would have easily won. And, and I, who knows, woulda, coulda, shoulda. I, I tend to agree. It was really just a switch off. We switched off for a good 25, 30 minutes after that early Yordi Reina goal. And I would never take it back. I wouldn't give up that goal. I loved it. And like... Oh my God, Jalen Lindsay! Are you kidding me? Great call. Ste steal the pass, advance it a few yards on a dribble, and then send a pinpoint cross into an empty space in the box for Jordi Reyna to put in on it. I'm sick and tired of people discounting 
Jalen Lindsey's ability to be our attacking right back. I know we just brought in Nathan Byrne, and that's going to suck for Jalen because that now he's fighting with two guys for playing time, Afool and Byrne. And I'm excited about what Byrne can bring to this club. But goddamn, I love Jalen Lindsey. And, like, he showed it, man. And he felt it. When he was subbed out late, he was subbed out late for the bouncer, Danny Rios, because we were desperate for a goal and we just needed to make a, a fullback out, uh, striker in type of substitution. And he walked over to the bench. And this kid had literally just played, what's his sofa rating? I don't know. But he had played one of the best uh, performances that I've seen him play all season. And he went over to the bench and he grabbed his water bottle and he slammed it in the ground. And he was pissed because it wasn't enough. That's why you and I do this show, Danny Brams, because I was just waiting for you to finish <laughs> so I could tell you what Jalen Lindsay's sofa score rating was. And it's a 7.2, which is the second best on the field right. behind Carroll Swiderski. And Carroll gets a bonus for the goal. So Jalen would be the best non-goal rating of the match. Absolutely. Well, they did have the assist also, so who knows? Maybe I'm wrong there. but Quinn McNeil, Ben Bender. Quinn is, City. Is, 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 we love Quinn City. Of course. And, and we celebrated him. Yeah. And he was coronated as the right. man of the match. Right. And he deserved DC. it. And if you, if you listen back to our episodes, one thing you'll hear us talk about is how you can't count on these young kids right. match after match after match. It, it's hindsight. You can you can call it hindsight because we lost. But starting two rookies as your main midfield attacking force, three games in seven days, these guys have their leg. Uh, yes, the Columbus match was suspended. I get it, but it was a long night. So... There, there's a thing. There's a concept of a rookie wall. There's a concept of you know legs just being tired, and you don't want your soccer players to be too old, obviously, but you don't want them to be too young. <laughs> you know, you need that Goldilocks, uh, just right feeling for these guys. And so Latanzio, it was a bad night for Latanzio because he he just yes you, he has that whole I don't change a winning side. He did change both fullbacks in this case. I don't know why because Mora had just played the game of his life, but. Latanzio changed the fullbacks but didn't change the midfield. Uh, that's a That was a, a bad mistake from our interim manager, in my mind. So here's what the table looks like as of this recording. And I don't think there's any matches today for the Red No, Red no Red MLS today. on Sunday. Weird, weird uh, situation. As of today, what this, and, and as of the end of the weekend, because the All-Star game is this week, right? Yep. So, so no midweek matches. Right. An All-Star game... Which, by the way, features no Charlotte FC players. No, unfortunately. But, expectedly. All-Star Games in 2022. Money grab. Don't mean shit. And don't reflect any actual quality in the league. Sure, it does. But it more so reflects popularity. I'll have eyes on it just because there's a few guys I really like. Driussi, Reynoso. Uh, some of my favorite players around the league will be on Showcase, but once those guys sub out, I'll be turning it off. Probably. There's a lot to talk about. I know we've only have an hour to do this show. Right. We could we do the show for two hours <laughs> if we wanted to. We need a break, man. We've been going balls to the wall since the word go on this episode. Well, we certainly have, and, and there's two players specifically, Danny Rams, that we're going to get into after the break. We're going to get into Karol Swiderski and his recent form for Charlotte FC. we got to give this man props. He's King Carroll. He's earned the crown. You can see when Carroll has that look in his eye. Yeah. And I respect that. And the other player that we're going to talk about is a player who, for some reason, can't get a start. And his name is Andre Shinyashiki. And 
there's been a lot of things swirling lately about his contract status, about the way that Charlotte FC in the front office did the deal with the Colorado Rapids, paying $400,000 in. But <laughs> not all of that is guaranteed. That's the problem. General allocation money. Right. And we've spent really only $225,000. Right. What's going on with that other $175,000? I'm excited for your take on this one, big time. We're going to talk about that. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams, in the house, resident culture in South End. No the, folks given. The vibe here is good. And the vibe will come back on the show. We're going to answer our TFOs questions. Hit us up at For the Crown Baby anytime you want to have a question answered on the show. And we'll always live tweet the action. Unless both of us are too inebriated at the match <laughs> and having too good of a time. We'll be back right after this. Soccer show, we're back, and Danny Brands. This no Fuchs given lager, it's crushable as fuck. <laughs> That's what it says on the sign on the uh, on the beer chart here behind the bar. It says no Fuchs given lager, crushable AF. And uh, for all the kids in the audience, you're gonna find out what AF stands for. We well, right? already found out. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, yeah, it's crushable as fuck, man. I don't know what to tell you. It's real nice. It's a it's a lager that drinks almost like a pilsner. I mean, you can just throw it down. It's insanely good. I watched you just throw one down. <laughs> I did. I did, yeah. Well, John, it's a little inside baseball here. John was like, hey, I'm going to get another round. Are you sure you need one? I had about a half full beer. And I was like, oh, I need one. And I said, by the time you get back, this thing will be gone. As he walked back up with two fresh beers, I chugged uh, about a half a pint down in several gla uh, gulps and... Uh, that's how I do it. You know, I still, I, I can't quite pull it off with the frequency that I used to back in my, my college days, my prime days, but the old the old muscles still work. The old instincts are still there. I, I can chug a beer when I need to. When you need to. <laughs> when you want to. You're a free man, Danny Rams, and everybody is here at Resident Culture because it's a vibe here mm -hmm. in the Gold District. In South End, on Bland Street, mm -hmm. this is the place to be. The resident culture in Plaza crushed it so hard, they were like, we've got to open right. up in South End. And not only did they open up, they've got this awesome beer lounge where you can just like chill, get some beers, play some games and hang out. Or you can come to this back area where we are. You can sit down, you can hang with your friends, you can order some food. Right. And it's, it's more the tacos of a chill look ride. amazing. I'm yeah. about to order some tacos, I think. The, the tacos look real good. And the thing about Sunday Fun Day in Charlotte is myriad options. Like, we're at Resident Culture and we're having a great damn time here. We could go a block that way, we could go a block the other way, we could go a block north, south, east, west, and we would find five other places each direction that we could go to. That's the beauty of Charlotte as a city. It's, I absolutely love it. Be, you know, Babes, beer, and soccer. You know, that's what it's all about here in Charlotte. And I, I absolutely love it. And you, I'll be honest with you, there's some there's some roller skating babes going around here that I do not hate right now. There's a, there's a vibe going on. And, hey, I'm a single guy. You're married. So I'm, I'm uh, enjoying life, uh, seeing some of the roller skating uh, friends and family that are rolling around here. What can I say? Everybody's friends and family <laughs> yeah, in Charlotte, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. And 
we're so close to one of my favorite locations of the show ever. And and the ironic part of that is that I wasn't a, a part of that show. Right around the corner is Kraft. Yeah. Where, oh, yeah. Where you and Willie P, Will Pelagic, the radio voice of Charlotte FC, you guys did an amazing episode. The man. At a place that I've been many, many, many times. So I think that after we finish here at Resident Culture, we're going to have to go there. I'm and, down. and get a plane. I, my afternoon is wide open, baby. I don't give a damn. Nothing but possibilities on this Sunday after a Charlotte FC loss at home. After the loss, the most disappointing loss at home in club history. We told you we were going to get into conversation about two players, and that's what we're going to do now before we answer your questions. And do you want to start with the positive or do you want to start with the negative? We got to start with the positive. We've been we, we we had too much negative in the last segment. We got let's start with positive. Let's prop up our designated player. Right. Let's prop up our Polish international, mm-hmm. somebody who's fighting for a World Cup spot. Karol Swiderski, who was against another Polish striker last night at the keep here in Charlotte. What has happened to Carol Swiderski, Danny Brams? I, I need to tell you this, is that when he came to Charlotte, when he was announced in front of a small group of fans at Bank of America Stadium, you know what he was? He was a nobody. All right. I, I, you know, and whether you love soccer, whether you follow things closely, whether you follow the Greek League, I doubt right. you do listen to this right. show. He, and it's not like he played for the best team in the Greek League. He played for, you know, the, the fourth or fifth best team in the Greek League. He's on form, Danny Brams. Yeah. And that's fun. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know who he was before he got here, certainly. And I follow soccer pretty closely. So, for us to get him and then for Zorn to bust out with the, the famous quote of, oh yeah, this guy could play in Serie A, this guy could play, you know, in the French League, so this... We're so happy to get him. I questioned that. I was a little skeptical of that when I first heard it. And I've been extremely critical at times this year of Carroll, of his play. If you remember one of our early episodes, like when we first had a few losses out the gate before we got our first win against New England, I was like, will someone please get Carroll Swiderski a pulled pork sandwich? (laughs) Like, this guy was like a skinny like awkward Polish kid that I was like wondering what he could bring to the table. But in the time from then until now? And I want to be very clear about the time, right? Because time matters. Mm -hmm. February, March, April, May, June, July. Mm -hmm. Six months is a long chunk of time for a professional athlete. And he's used those six months and he's become the best version of himself. I totally agree. And I am willing to. I'm all in on Carol. I'm all in. I'm all like, you, this is someone who I was like, yeah, man, I'm not sure, blah, blah, blah. I'm all in now, baby. I'm all in. He's fighting. He's he's real. Pretty much eliminated the scowling at teammates that was turning me off earlier in the season. Now he's like saluting his teammates, and and he's really grown into the role of the with face one, of our franchise. With one exception, last night at the end of the match. <laughs> well, there was a there was an opportunity. That, that went begging, unfortunately, because a pass needed to be made, for sure. I want to speak specifically about that run of play. And I was sitting there watching the match on my laptop, and Rachel was in the room ready, getting ready to go out in Atlantic City for my sister's <laughs> bachelorette party. 
and two different mindsets right there. <laughs> correct. And by the way, she looked good in that black dress. But I'm sitting there, and all I and she hears me go, "Oh yeah," <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "What the hell? Are you, like, what is wrong with you?" And I'm like, Swinerski just hit this fucking sweet ball, a one-touch pass to Al Savar down the middle. And what he did in that moment was show his creativity mm-hmm. and then his motivation and intention to get into the box. So the ball came to Swinerski just around the halfway line, just about 10 yards past. And he took a one-touch pass beautifully into the middle. And instead of just, like, seeing what happened after that, he, he got on his horse and he sprinted down mm-hmm. the field into the box and was open. It was a mm-hmm. a perfect, a perfect. And this is why, by the way, I want to launch a YouTube page so I can show exactly this. Do some breakdowns. So I can show people exactly why this move from Kyle Swiderski proves that he's a world-class player for Charlotte FC. He's a world-class player, bro. He plays on the Polish national team, who's in the World Club, right. Cup, and he scores goals for them. He scored more goals in the last two months than Lewandowski. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that, that may or may not be due to the fact that it's off-season for Europe, but Lewandowski right now is locked in Barcelona. Hell, he might not even get to play. I mean, he's signed by Barcelona, but they have no money. That's a whole other like bonus episode we can do about how shitty Barcelona has become as a club and how the mighty have fallen since Messi left there, for sure. I, I, I've always hated Barcelona, so I love to see it. Regardless, though, Swiderski is playing his role, his way into that second striker role for Poland in the World Cup. And I, I think the Poles would be fools not to give him a serious look as someone who could start for them in Qatar. And he's been so good as a creator as well. Mm-hmm, of course. Someone that understands the game to where in a pressure-packed situation with Poland down late, it doesn't have to be a like-for-like. He can come on and play a secondary position sure. in an attacking role on the wing. He could come in and play right. a number 10 role right. as well. Let's be honest, he's never going to start over Lewandowski just uh, in this World Cup. But he could play alongside him if they want to do a two strikers. Or like you said, he could be that impact sub for Poland. And he and what he's doing for us, I mean, that's, that's a ways off though. Because he's still got a, a role to play with us. Uh, and I don't want to look too far ahead because we're still trying to make the playoffs. We mentioned... Playoff dream is on life support, and I, I truly think it is. I think it, it was a huge reality check, the loss to Chicago, as far as where we can get to, what our, our ceiling is this season. But if we are going to make the playoffs, it's because of Svidersky. So let's pivot. The double pivot. <laughs> if we could only see the damn double pivot, man. Let's pivot to the negative. Yeah. And... Well, it's not negative about a certain... It's not negative about this player. Yes, but you're going to get a different vibe from yeah, me. right. More so of a negative vibe than a positive vibe in this conversation about Andre Shinyashiki. And the negativity would come from the fact that he's being misused. Well, misused is one way to describe it. Fucked is another <laughs> way to describe it. And let me explain to you why. Is that for weeks on this show, for months on this show... We've been critical of David Tepper. We've been critical of his money management. We've been critical of his desire to pinch pennies when it comes to both Charlotte FC and the Carolina Panthers. And all you have to do is look at the turf on the pitch as the beacon of cheapness. 
Right. The reason why Charlotte FC has turf is because Tepper doesn't want to pay for sod to be redone right. four to six times a year. Right. And, and that has nothing to do with the salary cap. You can say, oh, the salary cap prevents us from making certain moves despite Tepper's billions. But there's no salary cap about how much you can spend to put some freaking grass on your goddamn field so your players actually enjoy playing and don't tear up their fucking knees like Carujo just did. Like, give me a break, Tepper. Like, and think, think about this. We're getting players injured and we're having players, not just on Charlotte FC, but also on the Carolina Panthers, who are upset. And why? For Garth Brooks? <laughs> for Elton John? For Elton John to show up one night a year? For Garth Brooks to show up two nights a year? Like, how many big ass concerts are there at Bank of America Stadium anyway? 12 a year? So for 12 nights a year, we're going to screw over our soccer team that has, you know, 30 games to play? It's absolutely ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And when it comes to Andre Shinyashiki, let me break it down for you the best that I can. When Charlotte FC acquired Andre Shinyashiki from the Colorado Rapids, he cost $400,000 in general allocation money. But the cost was really $225,000 in allocation money. And that extra $175,000 was to be paid to the Colorado Rapids if Andre Shinyashiki met performance incentives. So there's been a lot of talk and there's been a lot of people who have brought this to light and they deserve to be credited around the Charlotte FC community. Yeah, I was listening to MLS Corner, the show hosted by Jorge, Top Bin 90, and it's a great show. He always brings good guests on there. And Vaughn Pullman, great, awesome person in the Charlotte FC community. Love you, Vaughn. You have a lot of knowledge about this club and about the way MLS works. And you you educated me on that episode, so I really appreciate it, Vaughn, if you're listening. And he broke it down. He said, look, there's a very good chance. He didn't have concrete information on this, but you can put two and two together. Charlotte FC is managing how they use Andre Shinyasiki based on maybe trying to avoid paying those performance incentives. And we don't know what those incentives could, we don't know what they are. They might be goals scored, they might be minutes played, it might just be tied to whether or not we extend him. We don't know exactly what they are, so we can't speculate necessarily. But we can look at the usage and say, okay, here's a guy who is, uh, at one point was tied for the lead in our team in goals. I think Carroll's passed him now with the goal against Chicago. But this is one of our prominent goal scorers, and he's being relegated to a super sub role. He's the <laughs> young Mon- he's he's the Sonny to right. the Harry Kane. Right. Exactly. That is exactly what, yep. what Andre Shinyashiki right. is. Because he's Kyle got Sverderski. guile. He's got creativity. He can fool a defender. He can he can he can cross it one play and then dribble past you the next play, etc. etc. Which and, he did by the way late in this match and course, get brought yeah. down for that right. for, the, for for that free kick. Right. Oh, exactly. And that was a, that was just that was an unfortunate. I wanted to see Carroll take that free kick. Me too. I want. I know it was a bad angle for the left footer because it gives you a tight angle on the near post. But I really wanted to see Carroll take that free kick. I, I think he could have gone far post and beat the goalie. To be perfectly honest, but that's neither here nor there. It turned into like a weird little uh, chip over the top. chip over play. And Yordi Yordi Alcivar took the free kick and he messed up the timing because the the ref blew his whistle and Carroll immediately ran to the chip spot and the chip didn't come. The chip was like five, six seconds late. And so that showed a little bit of lack of chemistry on that play. And I would rather just, at that point late in the match, I would have just let Carroll fire with the left foot from, from that distance. But so uh, back to Shinya. There's a 
there's a point in this conversation which comes now, which I have to make sure that I give all the information before I really dive into how I feel about it. And so this extra $175,000 carries over to next season. Right. Right? General allocation money, you spend it and you lose it or you save it and you can use it in right. the future. It, it deteriorates over time. It actually takes, it's like, you have about three transfer windows to use it, so that's about a year and a half. It's, it doesn't quickly deteriorate, but it does deteriorate. So, if Charlotte FC pays Andre Shinyashiki $175,000, and by the way, it's not Andre Shinyashiki who's getting this money. Right, it goes to Colorado. It goes yeah, to Colorado. Exactly. Yeah. If they pay Colorado $175,000 now, it's money that cannot be spent in the future. Right. So we have to ask ourselves this question. Is Andre Shinyashiki worth $175,000? I say 100% yes. He's, he's, he embraced the club from day one. He has been shouting out the fans, and you can speculate whether that's coordinated because he's trying to get a new contract or not, you know, he, but he, he's doing it. Like, I would rather have someone try, shouting out the fans all the time because they're trying to get a new contract than not shouting out the fans all the time, so there's that. And he, I think he's worth it. I mean, I know we're playing like financial games and what this, that, and the other, but like, think about this. Well, let's cut through we, the bullshit. We here. just sold McCoon for a bunch of money, and I'm hoping that money is going to be used to pay Andre and to, to settle up Andre's financial situation. I, I have a feeling that's what that move was made with a mind to, and it needs to happen. We have reached a critical juncture, and I want to be very clear about this. And I want the fans to understand this, Danny Brands, is that Andre Shinyashiki is Charlotte FC's second best goal scorer behind Kyle Swiderski. And he is intentionally being kept on the bench to save money. And I want people to ask themselves, are they okay with that? Is that how you want this club to be run. And if your answer to that is no, then you have to ask yourself, who is calling the shots? If it's Joe LeBlue, if it's David Tepper, who is it? Is it Christian Latanzio? Who is making these decisions? Throw Zorn in there. <laughs> Maybe Zorn. Crenetta. Yeah. One of them. Somebody needs to be held accountable for this decision making. And I'm going to find out. I'm not going to make it. I'm going to promise you, our listeners, this is something that I am going to be heavily invested into for the remainder of the season. Because this is not how I want my club to operate. And whoever wants to operate the club this way, especially a club that's owned by a billionaire, the richest owner in the NFL. One of the... 20 richest men in the world, I believe, if not, or at least in the United States. I mean, if, if we're going to yeah. pinch pennies right. over 175000 fucking dollars... That's a rounding error for David Tepper's enterprises. ...to keep one of Charlotte FC's best, best players off the pitch to get them to the playoffs in mm-hmm. the expansion era. If you don't see the, the return on investment... You ever hear that term? The ROI. ROI, baby. If you don't think $175,000 is worth an investment to get this team into the playoffs year one and to invigorate and to motivate and to build this fan base, if you don't think that right. money is worth it, then you know what I'll have to say to you? 
Get the fuck out of here. Right. You mentioned reinvigorating the fan base. You know, and I it's 100% right because I can tell you, love him or hate him yourself, McKenzie Gaines is not adored by this fan base. He is someone who is doing his best out there and he has a role to play. I believe it's a substitute role coming in against tired legs to capitalize on his speed and give it an even extra boost. But this fan base loves Andre Shinyashiki. When he came into the match, it was a standing ovation. When he was doing things, people were up on the edge of their toes, you know, in the supporter section. You know, obviously no one's on their seats. But the thing about Shinya, it's not just what he's able to bring on the pitch, which is awesome. He is our second best goal scorer. He's a goal creator. He's someone who makes Carroll better when he's on the when they're on the pitch together. All of that is true. And then you got the fact that he's got the mentality. One thing I want to throw out here is there was post-game interviews. Our guy Jorge's hanging down there in the tunnel outside the vault doing post-game interviews. We love to re- we love to watch those interviews. He interviewed Mackenzie Gaines. He interviewed Ben Bender. He interviewed Andre Shinyashiki. Mackenzie Gaines. What does he say? He said. Uh, you know, both teams played really well. It's it's unfortunate that we lost, but, you know, could have done a little better, but Sh- Chicago played well, but we played well as well. Okay, McKenzie, that's fine. You're a young guy. I get you I say that. Ben Bender comes out. Oh, man, yeah, you know, like, we just need to be a little tighter on defense, and, you know, we could have done a lot better. We probably could have even won this match 4-1 if we would just would have played a little bit better defense, you know. That's fine, Ben. You're, you're again, you're even younger than McKenzie, so more power to you. You're optimistic. What did Andre Shinyashiki say when he was asked the same question as the other two? He came out and immediately said, this is completely unacceptable. We should never give up three goals at home. You know, he refrained from dropping a shit bomb, but it was a, he basically said it was a shit performance. And he told the truth. And it's all well and good to be positive and to put a positive spin on things, but you have to tell the truth. And Andre told the truth about what happened on Saturday night against Chicago, and that made me love him even more. Charlotte Soccer Show. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. We're in the house. We're at Resident Culture here in South End Charlotte in the Gold District. And it's been an unbelievable show. We're drinking No Fuchs Given. And if you haven't, you know, figured out by now, that's the theme of the show today. After what we've described as potentially the most disappointing loss in franchise history. And, and the reason why is because it's the first year. And we want to make the playoffs so bad. Mm-hmm. We want to finish in front of Atlanta so bad Mm -hmm. and if we don't make the playoffs we still want to finish in front of Atlanta keep the rest out of the playoffs that's the local rivalry for Charlotte FC and I feel like that's kind of been buried under the rug a little bit and I'm trying to bring that to light to let people know this is the rivalry Kings of the South Derby baby that's exactly right now I'm excited for our next segment because now we can have some fun let's let's bring the TiVos into this Yes. Now, now, now that we've gotten that off our chest, now that I feel good about that conversation, I almost feel like I'm like 10 pounds lighter after getting that out there, Danny Rams. I really do. I honestly do because this is something that's been weighing on me. I, I told you before on the show that if this information that we're getting is legit, that I'm going to lose my mind. Right. And I feel like I kept it cool in this segment. I mean, it's, it's, it's informed speculation at the very least at this point. Maybe we'll ask our boy Joe. Who, pay a damn incentive. Who cares? You know, you, you just sold McCoon a bench player for 200 plus. Who cares if we throw 175 extra to Chicago for Shinya to score the goals that get us in the playoffs? Are you fucking kidding me? The Charlotte FC in 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 Concacaf averages the fourth most 
fans right. in the entire right. country. We have the second most in MLS, and we're beating every Liga MX team except two. That's insane. Don't take us for granted. Don't do it. Right. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams, at For the Crown Baby. Hit us up on that topic, please. I want to hear what you think. I do want to get your reaction to that. Am I overreacting? Have I had too many new no fucks given? <laughs> Fooks given, excuse me. And we're gonna get to your questions. We got uh, JPP has asked some questions. Our Tifo Ash has asked us some questions as Love well. Ash, I met I met Ash at the Columbus match. Stick around, we're gonna answer your questions, we're gonna enjoy it. The vibe's gonna be a little different, we're gonna be a little happier, but hopefully we're matching your vibe. On this Sunday afternoon. I'm probably going to guess you're listening on a Sunday evening, Monday morning in the QC. And we've got a long week ahead. And we've got a, a long couple months ahead until the end of the season. And you might oh. feel down now, but you get yourself another pills so you might feel better. We're back after this. It's one of my favorite segments because I, I just like to get your answers. Rapid fire, baby. Yeah. Charlotte Soccer Show, we're back. It is a now Sunday evening in the QC. We're in South End. We're in the Gold District. We are at Resident Culture, their second location in the city. And and we just re-upped with two brand new No Fooks Given lockers. It's that time of the show where we're going to get questions from our TIFOs for the one and only Danny Brams. You can always hit us up at For The Crown Baby on Twitter to ask us questions on the show. You can always hit me up at John Hayes on air, and you can always hit Danny Brams up at Danny Brams. I know we're running short on time here. I just want to shout out our boy Matt Geslin, the the go to the go to guest host. He's he joined Twitter just to have some conversation with y'all. He never had a Twitter before this. At Life of Geslin, follow him as well. It's a good Twitter handle. Yeah. To, to hop on Twitter at this point at Life of Geslin, that's a great Twitter handle. Yeah. And, and for, for hot takes and great photography, it's a great handle to follow. You know, something we're thinking about doing, and this is the back end of the opening Premier League weekend of the season, something that we're thinking about doing is creating some plus content for everybody. If you're into the Premier League, I think Danny Brams and I, and especially Matt, Charlotte FC and the MLS is, is not our only soccer love. Like we enjoyed this weekend. I, I'm a Spurs fan. I'm an Arsenal fan. Bre- Danny's an Arsenal fan. Geslin's a Chelsea fan. We're going to win the league. We're, we're undefeated, baby. <laughs> Tottenham's uh, top of the league right now. For what's I, I would love to hear from the TIFOs. If you want Premier League stuff type content from us, we're going to do some World Cup, but for sure yes. when that comes up in the, in the MLS offseason. But if you want Premier League content from us, we love talking soccer. Let us know. We're, we're here to talk about as much soccer as humanly possible. And so is our tremendous friend of the show, Ash Hamrick. Ash, he tweets into us, Danny Brams. He says, should Reyna be starting? Besides the goal, he gave up possession so many times. Tries to dribble through three players rather than passing. And most of his short, medium passes are subpar. Should he repl- be replaced by Andre or Camille? It's a two-part question. We asked for one-part questions on this show. So let's address the first thing first. I think so. I, I think Latanzio has commented on it, and I think it's true that Reyna is one of our very best technical players. Uh, as far as technique, being able, what he does with the ball. I, I said this 
and I got another. There was someone else who was trashing Reyna late last night, and I fired back a response that was like, "I think Reyna was one of our only players who could have taken that ball off the chest versus DC, and then half volleyed it, rocket shot into the keeper, so which Carroll scored the rebound. I think Reyna is one of the few guys on our team who could have done that play personally. So, Skilled. I think he's got the technical skill. I think he deserves to be out there. I do. I'm not discounting some of Ash's criticisms. I think that. He does tend to dribble into three guys and give up possession, but but Camille Yusviak does that too. The only difference is Reyna scores like a goal or so every game or, or an assist every game in addition to some of the mistakes, whereas Yusviak does absolutely nothing. So, JPP, uh, one of our tremendous friends of the show. One Shout of our- out to JPP. Couldn't make the game, had a family thing going on. Hit me up on a DM and said, hey, do you know anybody that needs a ticket? I was able to get his tickets out to some people who used them and needed them. Got two more people into the bank that weren't going to be there before the keep, that weren't going to be there before. And uh, shout out JPP always. What's the question? Yeah, no, no, real quickly though, I think let's underscore friends and family. Because tremendous friends of the show, it's it's tremendous friends when it comes to JPP. He's a good dude, and we've got to know him well. His question is, what's been instrumental in Carol's recent form? You were all critical of him early, but I feel like he's played very well since... He's returned from international play. I'm going to say experience. Being in the league, MLS is a weird league. MLS is not the best league in the world, but it is a very fun league. It's a very interesting league because of its parity, because of the way that home teams can rise up and beat teams that are on paper way better than them, and the way that the physicality plays such a huge factor in MLS. And it just took time. Carroll is finally gotten used to the rhythms of MLS. He's not mad about being fouled all the time. Well, he's, he is still mad about being fouled all the time, but at least he knows how to deal with it. And his the, the six months that he's been here playing in MLS has made all the difference. And I expect, as long as he doesn't leave us, which I don't think there's any reason to, but you never know, he's going to be even better next year. At our Varner on Twitter, which his uh, name currently is, Foolishly optimistic in the Carolinas about both Charlotte FC and the Carolina Panthers. He's an animal-loving ex-Opta Jack employee. Wow, Opta Jack in the house. Let's go. I need to talk to Russell about that for sure. And he's got a two-part question. Which one do you want to answer? One or two? I haven't seen it, so let's just go number two. (laughs) I'll throw two out there. If you're going to have a second question, it's probably better than your first. Number two is, why does Quinn McNeil start? What does Jordi Alcivar have to do to get more minutes other than pass the ball to Sviderski on that last play? <laughs> so McNeil started, I really think, he started because he, uh, he started against Chicago because he was man of the match against D.C. As much as I loved everything he did against D.C., it was a well-earned man of the match performance. Everything was great. It the negative of that is that it made it almost impossible for Latanzo to send him back to the bench against Chicago, and he should have. He just, the legs were tired. He, he had his, he followed up his best game of the season with his worst game of the season. It's unfortunate. I do think Quinn McNeil has a place in this roster in the future, but I also think that he's the one that's most in danger when Nuno Santos shows up, and, and hopefully our great Portuguese import is ready to dominate the midfield and, and be creative. And McNeil, probably time for him to take a little bit of a backseat. And now that he's gotten this experience and seen what it's like on the pitch, now he can go back to the bench for a few games and watch 
with sort of that informed opinion, and and his his learning experience will be even better. And I think when he comes back into the side or when he comes in as a sub in the future down the stretch, it's only going to be good things. So, huge love to Quinn McNeil. He should not have started last night. Next question comes from Kara Hunter. She says, "Is Alcivar just needing to improve?" Or is he on his way out? Kara, I hope that he's not on his way out because we've already shipped too many guys out. That's the, like, if if we hadn't already lost Franco, if we hadn't already lost Ortiz, then I would say, yeah, you know, Alcibar's not working out. Get him out of here. But he's he's young. He's way younger than T.T. Ortiz. He's he's a little bit younger than Alan Franco. So. I don't think he's someone that we give up on just yet. He did score the Olympico. He's had some. He takes our corner kicks when he comes in as a late sub. And John, I, w- I know you wanted to talk. I know like the pass, the situation where he had the the option. He was in on goal late in a match where we needed a goal to, to get the draw or to draw level. And he had two options. He had options to the right, options to the left, and he was stuck in the middle with himself. But you actually are a little more forgiving on that play than some in the fan base. Well, it's the classic example of, and I always do this, right? I'm, I'm never a prisoner of the moment. A soccer match is 90 minutes and likely more minutes every time around. And for me, what that means is in a critical moment, if somebody makes a perceived mistake and the fan base loses their mind over it, I'm typically not in that camp because I thought what what Alcivar did to get into the 18-yard box and get a shot off on goal was exactly what he needed to do at the time. Yes, Mm -hmm. he didn't see the pass. He didn't have his head up. Those are difficult decisions to make. And I'm not going to crucify a young player who's trying to build up his time in MLS as somebody that is no longer good enough to play because he can't make that final decision. You know why... Kyle Svodersky in that moment says, wow, this is unacceptable. I should have the ball. It's because he's been in that moment before. Mm-hmm. Alcivar is a young kid mm-hmm. on this squad who is growing with this franchise. And his skill, he almost put in another Olympico again in mm-hmm. this match, Danny Brams. Yeah. He did. You have to take your young kids and you have to coddle them a little bit. And when they make mistakes, even though it's late in the game, you gotta give him a pass. If if Charlotte FC can keep Alcivar around for the next five years, I promise you that he will give you more and not less. I completely agree. And who's to say that he would have made the perfect pass? You know, it's just as difficult to slide over the perfect pass as it is to fire off the shot in that scenario. And he did get the shot off. And some players might even bungle the shot and not even get a good shot off. He got a shot off that was blocked and forced a corner kick, kept the attack alive. Not an ideal outcome. Obviously, we would have loved the equalizer there, but he didn't make the worst decision either. These two tweets from our tremendous friend of the show, Evan Rude, at Rude191, cracks me up. It says, Swirsky is special, and he is by far the best player in our squad. Do you think the summer transfers are going to help us get the best out of him or do we need more pieces to see his full potential? And he responded just an hour later and said, also, I know JH hates two-part <laughs> questions. So this is a new question. <laughs> Brilliant, Evan. <laughs> Did DB get to meet Clint Dempsey? Uh, I, I think they're two great questions. 
I'm gonna say I'm gonna answer the second question first. I'm gonna say because I had my little girl there, I kept it a lot low key. If I had, if I was younger or if I'd been rolling solo, I would have legit been the first person in the stadium to make sure that I was like sitting right next to that throne so that I could meet Clint Dempsey for sure. But my dad' responsibilities kicked in. We we sat pretty high up. My my little girl, she actually did get a little bit of a beer shower on her, and she was not happy about it. But she was a trooper, and she didn't she didn't whine or complain. But we sat way higher up than I normally sit because I just wanted to sort of protect her from the madness a little bit. And uh, so I did not get to meet Clint Dempsey, unfortunately. Sorry. And and to be honest, I'm pretty upset about it. And that was a failure on my part as a fan. But to answer your first question, <laughs> Swiderski, is the summer transfers going to get help us get the best out of him? Of course they are. I have so much, so, so, so much excitement for Nuno Santos. I think he's going to come in and be exactly what we need. This is a guy who's been brought up in some of the best academies in Europe. And he he's comes from the Portuguese League, which maybe people don't rate quite as high as the PL or Serie A or Bundesliga. But, like, the Portuguese League is known for developing young talent. Cristiano Ronaldo played in the Portuguese League before he went to Man United. So everybody knows that great young talent comes out of Portugal. And I, I couldn't be more excited for him to come join our squad. I think as much as I love Bender and McNeil, they just are not green enough. Uh, excuse me, they're too green. They're not seasoned enough. And I think Nuno Santos is going to make a huge difference in, in improving Carroll's ability to score goals. And I also think Nathan Byrne is going to help in that. Nathan Byrne is a left back, excuse me, a right back who's been dominant um, in the English Championship, which is a very high-level league. I always say MLS is aspiring to be about as good as the English Championship, which is the second level in England. And... Burn is a perfect fit. I, I love Jalen Lindsay. I feel I wish I wish Nate I, I misspoke earlier. I said Nathan Burn left back because I wish he was a left back. Because my ideal thing would be to play Lindsay every game and then sit Mora and put and put, you know, Nathan Byrne over there left back. But he is a right back, so I don't know exactly how the lineup will shake out. But both Byrne and Santos, long story short, will be able to help Carroll perform even better. I agree. Gotta squeeze. Danny Brams, I'm sorry, DB's hot takes at Liverpool. Danny Brackets. Danny Brackets. Yeah, 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 this yeah, guy yeah. literally shares like. Have you oh, met him yet? No, we missed connecting the other night. Uh, we were going to, I, but oh yeah, when sure, I gave him the ticket to Columbus, oh, yeah, you've never seen us in the same place, <laughs> you know exactly. But this guy is literally like, he's like two letters off from my name, which is insane. But yeah, yeah. Uh, what's it? What's his question? His question. What, what's the question that I tweeted in for my burner earlier? This is a good bit, and I'm going to continue to uh, go with it until I meet this guy. Uh, since playoffs is most likely not attainable, damn, bro, what would you like to see from this squad and the games we have left? This is a, like, a dark, dark question, Danny Brams, that makes me feel empty inside. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote my good friend, rest in peace, Lucille Bluth here when I say, I don't understand the question. I refuse to acknowledge it. You know, I, we're, our playoff dreams are on live support, but they aren't dead. And I'm sorry, DB's hot takes, but I will not talk about us missing the playoffs just yet. Uh, I'm a big fan of Jonathan Pata at Pata Bread on Twitter Love as well. Love the kid. Um, he says, you know, he's got to hear your transfer window final day opinions. Danny Rams. I mean, I just kind of hinted at it and, the last. And, and, and I just want to hear Charlotte FC, MLS as a whole. I, I'd like to get your opinion on that as well. I think Charlotte FC was one of the more active people on deadline day, but I don't think that we made as much quality impact as other as other clubs. 
I think a lot of talent is, has come in in this summer transfer window to MLS. Gareth Bale being the most notable, obviously, for LAFC. But tons of other guys have come in, and it remains to be seen how useful Charlotte FC's acquisitions will be. I think I would put us in the upper half just because we did make three really nice acquisitions on deadline day. If you remember, I was say, I was saying 40 out, 48 hours or 72 hours before the deadline, I was saying, yeah, I don't think we're going to sign anyone. I just don't have any faith in this club. They, they proved me wrong. They came out. They signed three guys on deadline day, and two of them are – or acquisitions who can help us this season. One of them is a great one for the future. So I got no beef with any other thing that we did, but I don't think that we made anything near the impact signing of, say, a Gareth Bale, a Lorenzo Insigne, a Ch- uh, Cucho Hernandez in Columbus. So I wouldn't say we had an incomplete window. I would say we have a slightly better than average window. All right, Danny Brams, last question from our friend Beer, Bourbon, and Bronico at BBB CLT the 22. He, he, like our good buddy Life of Geslin, he joined Twitter just, just to join this conversation. So we love you, BBB. Yeah, we, we certainly do. At a hashtag for the crown. We always make sure we include that in our discussion. And he asked you, Danny Brams, if Carujo is out for an extended time, who starts on the back line? I think Fuchs will be given the first opportunity to be the fill-in center back for Carujo. I think a, a back line of Mora, Fuchs, Walks, Burn, slash Affle, slash Lindsay makes a lot of sense. But you ask me, if you ask me who should start in the back line, I'm all about my boy, Jan Sobachinski. Wow. Let's get another, you know. Let's get another poll into the lineup. I love Sobashinsky. I know he's young. I know he is green. But this is a kid who really has impressed me with his distribution out of the back line when he's played. I don't know that he can be as much of an enforcer as Carujo. And yet Sobachinsky, when it comes to turning defense into offense, I honestly think he could be almost our best center back in that role, to be perfectly honest. So, And we've seen him in person. Right. We, we, we've seen him play in the U.S. Open He Cup. was my favorite player on the pitch against Greenville. Him and Adam Armour actually both were, were tremendous. And unfortunately, what happened to Adam in the stoppage time because we couldn't put them away was one of the tragedies of this season. But Sobachinski, he was, he was really bad against Richmond kickers in the next cup game. So it comes and goes. I would hate to think that our playoff – hopes would be resting on another rookie this time in the back line instead of the midfield but at the same time I do think it will be Fuchs but I would love it if it was Sobachinski Wow you, you, you finish this episode with a banger Danny Brams and I think it's, it's one thing that I, I totally agree with I think that you have to look at this roster and you have to understand that there is some depth in certain situations and you got to get some guys some playing time. So here's where we stand. Okay, we told you about the All-Star game this week. The next two games for Charlotte FC coming up next weekend on the road at Los Angeles FC. Going to be difficult. The, 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 the supporter shield leaders. I mean, this is, this is Gareth Bale. This is Carlos Vela. This is a guy you've never heard of, but you will know his name after the match, Jose Cifuentes, one of the best young midfielders in the league. Just an absolute 
beast for LAFC. I'm worried. We're going into the belly of the beast there. We're going into the maw, as they say. And the, uh, the other thing is, LAFC has the 3252, which is one of the few supporter sections that I would say rivals what we have going on in the Main Street Inn. I mean, it's a brutal supporter section. They're going to make it really hard on our guys. And mentality on the road has been one of our biggest issues. So I am very concerned. How lit do you want to get next Saturday, Danny Rams? Because this kickoff time is 10.30 Eastern time for Charlotte FC fans on Saturday night. And then following that, only four days later, on the road at NYCFC. Well, so we're, we're going on the road in a span of four days to play the current best team in the league and then the defending champions. This is a defining road stretch. If you can call two games a stretch, this is absolutely insane. And we don't need to get in too deep into preview because we're going to try to crank out another episode well, beforehand. We're not going to try. We'll be here for another episode <laughs> later this week. But this is not anything to look forward to. It would be a miracle to get a point out of the next two games, I would say. It's been a pleasure hanging out today on the Charlotte Soccer Show. That's the, the next two matches, and we're back at the keep on August 21st against Orlando City Revenge game. Soccer Club. It's a, it's a re revenge game, and you were there. I was there. In Orlando. I was pissed. I was sad. That, that, was, the, that was the first time T.T. Ortiz played his way out of the lineup this season. And, and we talked about, and, and here's, here's what's fun, Danny Rams, right? Is that we talked about Sunday fun days in the QC. And we've got a Sunday fun day coming up. Charlotte FC versus Orlando City FC is a Sunday. It's a Sunday night game. It could get wild. Get yourself to South End. Get yourself to Resident Culture. Get yourself to the Gold District. Get yourself to Hot Fly as well. A good friend of mine is a bartender down at Hot Fly. He'll make sure that he treats you right before you get into the match on Sunday the 21st. But we're going to have many, 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 many episodes before that because there's a lot happening with Charlotte FC right now. We appreciate our tremendous friends of the show. We appreciate your questions. We appreciate you hanging out with us until the end of the show. It's been a long show. It's been a good show. And the reason why is because there's been so much to talk about. Danny Brams, I don't know what your plan is this week, but I want to talk to you later in the week because uh, I want to preview the match against LA this weekend. There's a lot to talk about. People need to be aware of, of the the beast that we're about to face, for sure. Well, let us know what you want to talk about, of course, at For the Crown Baby. Let Danny Brams know what questions you have for him at Danny Brams as well. I'm at John Hayes on air. And, of course, we, we ask you this because we appreciate it. And I wouldn't ask you unless it helped us. Leave us a review. Five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Hey. And it does a lot for the show. It helps get the show out there. And we try to do our best for you because this is our, and this is why I love Alex Ventura, one of our TIFOs, right? The man himself. Because he says this is our passion project. Because I say that on the show sometimes. Yeah. Now, we have real jobs. We're in the business. But this is our passion project. We yeah. enjoy doing this. We love doing we this. We don't put ads on the show, you know, yet. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We, we, we shout a lot of people out, you know, for free. So there you go. But Alex, you know, when he tweeted, hey, I, I got to listen to the show on the, the ride to work uh -huh. on Thursday morning, hear the guys do their passion project. Like, that meant a lot to me. It oh, was yeah. like, yeah, it was worth it. It was worth doing. We'll always be here for you talking Charlotte soccer. And no matter how, how bad it gets, no matter, no matter how cheap 
David Tepper gets as well. We can always remove ourselves from that situation. And we can always take care of the fan base. We can always take care of the tremendous friends of the show because it's always for the crown, baby.